my name is Megan. And my name is Ari. And this, this is, is Unapologetically, Unapologetically Girl. Girl. We have come together to bring information to live the healthiest lifestyle and bring relevant information into your life. We are not doctors and always suggest discussing health content with your doctor before deciding if these lifestyle changes are beneficial to you. Information gathered comes from our personal experience, online articles, and relevant books. I have a background in marketing and a passion for personal development. I personally have a background in social work, and thus my perspective will come from the mental health challenges I have witnessed in myself and others. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. You got some exciting news, I hear. I do. So I was saw one of my friends recently that I haven't seen for a while. It was really good to catch up. And while we were talking, she asked if I wanted to do a 10K with her in May. And I'm not someone who runs. I am not good at running, but I did have a goal this year of wanting to try to work on my cardio strength. And um, I wanted to try to run a 5K. So while we were talking about this, she was like, or you could do a 10K with me in May. And at first I was like, hell no, that's way too long. It's like seven something miles. I kind of like was <laughs> freaked out. I was like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And then over like a day, day and a half, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I want the challenge. I think I can do it. And I found like a training program um, to get ready in like the next 10 weeks. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm super excited. I've already ran twice and it was twice this week and it was hard, but I definitely felt accomplished after, and I was like, I can do this. So I feel like it's going to be a really good goal and really motivating, and I'm excited. I really like that. That's so fun. I think as an adult, it's kind of cool that we get to decide to, like, do different things that are probably going to be enjoyable to us. And this is something that you've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, I remember talking to you about it last year, and we had talked about, like, doing a 5K together, and we, like, picked a race, and then I can't remember what happened, but something happened, I wasn't able to do it, and I was so bummed out, and then I kind of forgot about it, and so I didn't, like, start train like start training then or anything, um, so I'm really excited to be doing it this year, and I don't know, like, it's, like, I've only ran twice, but I feel, like, so motivated, I'm excited tomorrow morning I have another run, and I'm, like, when is tomorrow morning going to happen? I'm already, like, ready to be, like, let's see how number three goes, I don't know. <laughs> And I like that there's, like, you're doing, like, a program, so it also, like, helps kind of keep you accountable and, like, keep you, like, motivated to just, like, check the next box and then, like, yeah. check the next box and well, check the next box. And that's the biggest thing, too, is that I, I've i ran in the past, like, my boyfriend is amazing at running. He can, like, not run for a year and then run six miles like it's nothing. I don't know how he does it. I wish I had that skill. But I remember a few years ago, we there's a loop next to my house that we tried running, and it's like three-something miles, like 3.2 miles or something. And I would try to keep up with him, and <laughs> because I am not good at running, I do not run, I was having such a hard time, and I really hated it. And then this program that I found is called Couch to 10K, and it's for non-runners. So like, you do not run at all when you're first starting this program, and the first week what you do is you run for a minute you walk for a minute and a half for a total of 20 minutes and it's supposed to make it so that you slowly increase your cardio endurance over time so that you never hate the workout and then it like keeps getting harder as you keep getting better and I can attest to that for sure because the last two runs I did they were difficult for me but I really enjoyed them a lot so and like the intervals I feel like makes the time go by really fast 
So I definitely recommend that program. They also have like Couch to 5K. Um, if you're looking to get into running, you can just like Google it and find one. That is way cool. Like, good for you, Megan. Look at you <laughs> go. You go, girl. I know. Just you go. Setting goals left and right in 2023. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I know something that I just did and um, I have talked about before is doing or getting better at skiing. That was my goal last year to do. And I had started it last winter, like in December, but I went yesterday um, skiing and this was like my fifth time going skiing. And I am so much better and I'm feeling super confident. Um, it still t- takes me a little bit to just like get going, but after about the third run, I'm like pretty comfortable. You're like, let's I did do some this tree stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so fun to like get out and see nature and appreciate your body in a way that like. I never did before. I was like, wow, I'm like really like doing this. Like I'm moving and I'm like falling and, you know, getting back up and it's okay. I was, I was feeling that so much too, the past, I want to say like past month and a half because I have not been like as healthy as I used to be when I was younger, like the last few years. And at like the start of this year, I really refocused on that and I'm so much healthier than I was at the start of the year. And I can like tell like, Um, my like energy's higher and like it's easier to like move my body and stuff and I just keep finding myself like during a workout or like right after a workout being like I'm really grateful for my body because I just did all of that and it was able to do that and like I want to keep taking care of myself so that I can keep doing fun things like that in the future like I was talking to someone the other day and she was saying that her and her husband set a goal to do a marathon in each state and they've done 12 so far, and they've been together for, like, 20 years, and I was like, that is so cool that, like, you're still running marathons, and, like, you're doing it till like, you, you know, you get all 50. Who knows how long that's going to mm-hmm. take, but I was like, I want to take care of my body so that I can keep using it in the future <laughs> and not be like, oh, all my joints hurt, and I have a bad back, and I can't, you know, so be grateful for your body. I highly recommend it because I have really been appreciating that the past few months. It's wild. Wild. It's wild all the things we can do if we, like, feed our bodies right and we get enough sleep and we drink our water. (laughs) And we keep our minds healthy. Yes. Well, I think mental health, and this is why I feel like I went into, like, why I have such a passion for mental health. But because your mental health, like, runs your body. It runs your whole system. And so, like, I've noticed the times when my mental health has been more like poor I have not like partaken in exercising and I've not done the things that I enjoy as much um because I'm like not taking care of my mind (laughs) that is so true and I never I mean you know that that connection is there but I never thought about it in that sense that like your mental health really affects you so much that even if you like love work like I used to love working out and then I went through like a few like rough years and I like didn't notice but I think like my mental health had an impact in like all these other areas of my life one of them being working out because I like completely stopped for like three years I like really didn't work out didn't care about like what I ate or what I you know all these other things so 
yeah, if you can focus on your mental health and, you know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, then it's so much easier to achieve goals in every other section of your life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And man, your mental health sneaks up on you. It does. It so does. You're like, I'm doing <laughs> great. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, when was the last time that I... And I feel like we don't notice it until it starts affecting us in ways we can physically see. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, wait, okay, so why haven't... Like, why did I stop doing this thing that I love doing? And how long has it been since I... Oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. It was, you know, that event happened in my life that affected me <laughs> this way. And I, like, pushed it down and I didn't talk to anybody about it. And then I didn't process it and... <laughs> like one thing what after is another. with that the not talking to anyone about it I like just had my friend tell me something last week and she was like I didn't want to tell anyone about it so I just pretended like you know it didn't happen and then like life went on and now I'm like really sad and I remember when there were certain things that I went through in my life I was like I'm not going to talk to anyone about this and I'm just going to keep going on like nothing happened and I feel like we have to stop doing that but it's so common everybody does it and yet it like makes us work yeah and like sometimes it's just I love it when people are like honest with me because I'm like oh yes like you're human me too like yeah (laughs) I'm so glad that we have struggles and we are able to overcome them and um we can be honest with ourselves and we can better ourselves and it's really up to us even though like different populations of people and different like everybody has a different background and experience but ultimately like you get to decide like what direction you want to take your life yeah that is so true I especially love so me and my friends we were just talking the other day and our lifestyles are very different and yet we were both being transparent and honest and just kind of talking about like what was going on in our lives and what we were struggling with and it was one of the best conversations I've had in a long time because it was just like the transparency was so there. And I was thinking about the conversation afterwards and I was like, I don't like most interactions I have, you know, people aren't transparent with their lives. And so getting that from like my friend was such a shock factor that I was like, whoa, this feels really good. I want more interactions just like this. Like, I don't know what it, what it is, but it, it is so special. I honestly, I love that. And I think that kind of brings us into our topic of today, Um, specifically um, this comment on unlocking your authentic self. When we first started talking about what we were going to talk about in our next episode, we had decided to talk about imposter syndrome. And I was looking up like uh, books that I could read on it to get more familiar with the topic and I came across the book Unlocking Your Authentic Self, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, Enhancing Self-Confidence, and Vanishing Self-Doubt. Now that's a very long title. When I first read it, my like, okay, here's another self-help book, like I roll came to play <laughs> because I was like, this title, okay, geez, yeah, fix all my problems. But <laughs> it's a really good book. It doesn't talk to you like I feel like an annoying self-help book does. And I really don't like the term self-help. I don't know why. Um but I just really love this book. It has so many the thing about this book is that it's applicable. It's not just like, oh, let's talk about all of these like ways that you should change your life or all of these like ideas or topics or research. It goes further into like how you can apply it to your life. And one of my favorite parts was at the very beginning because I was like, do I, do I experience imposter syndrome? I think I do. I don't know. 
And at the beginning of the book, it says, there are several common signs and feelings associated with imposter syndrome. Do you recognize yourself in any of these statements? I am always worried about being discovered as a fake or a fraud. I don't feel in control of my emotional responses. I am convinced I am never good enough. I remember every failure, but easily forget my successes. I get stuck in negative loops of self-judgment. I wonder why I can't just be happy and satisfied. I feel vulnerable when my strengths or accomplishments are acknowledged. I avoid attempting things I am not sure I can do perfectly. I blame myself for all struggles and failures. I have difficulty accepting praise and compliments. I react strongly to and ruminate about negative feedback or criticism. I create stories that don't always match up with the facts. I can be paralyzed by both fear of failure and the fear of success. I think about failure in terms of shoulds and oughts. I don't think well on my feet and am never happy with my response. When I first read that, there were so many of those statements that I was like, oh my god, I do this all the time, and other people do this too. Like, I kind of thought, like, maybe it was just me. And I was like, this is what has been going on, like, the whole time, and I just never knew the words to put to it. So if you have been feeling any of those things, then do we have the topic for you today? Because it is very interesting, and you're going to learn all about it. (laughs) I love this topic mostly because all of those statements, like, in some way shape or form I have felt and not until pretty recently I like going to a job where it's you know a big corporation and social workers are an afterthought and it's you know a hospital people oh, I never thought about that really value the doctors it's like I have to create like a lane for myself and that has brought on a lot of these feelings. Um, In the book Megan shared, there was a, uh, the chance IP scale or the Clance, sorry, Clance IP scale. And I had an opportunity to take it and I wouldn't say I was pretty shocked. I was shocked that I scored as high as I did, but I got a 73, which, um, according to the scale, states that um, I would frequently have imposter feelings, which is so, like, on par with what I have been feeling. I took the same test, and... I scored a 55, which in the scaling is moderate imposter experiences. However, I do want to say, like, do you ever have that issue where when you go to take a test, you know what the test is for? I feel like sometimes it it makes my responses, like, a little jaded because I'm like, okay, well, I know this is for imposter syndrome. Do I really do this, like, all the time or is it just some of the time? Like, I don't think I experienced, like, I got in my head, like, I don't think I experienced that much. But then again, I think I also answered all the questions truthfully. But I wish I, like, took the test not knowing what it was testing for and then was like, this is my answer. Yeah, I definitely think, I don't know, maybe I was getting in my head too much about it. But also, like, just for, like, where I'm at in my career at this time, I think kind of fit. And, like, I feel like I was really good at school and, like, completing, like, the schoolwork and stuff. 
But when you get into real life and like applying all of those things, it is like a whole different story. And I wish that there was just like a right answer for everything. But there's not. But that is so frustrating, the switch from like when you were learning about what you needed to do to then actually doing it in real life. And you don't have someone checking over your shoulder or telling you that like you just gave the right answer. It can cause so much doubt. And then, like, the next time you do the same thing, you're kind of like, okay, I got to make sure I get this one right. And then it, I feel like it just creates a cycle of am I <laughs> am I a fraud? Am I not a fraud? Am I giving the right, inf- like, information? Am I not giving the right information? One of the things that stuck out to me um, the most as I was reading through that list, a lot of the statements I agreed with. And I was like, yeah, I, I've thought that before. But the ones that stood out to me the most was I have difficulty accepting praise and compliments Whenever I get, like, complimented or even if it's, like, a skill or something or something that I've, like, just done, like, a paper I turned in or something, I, like, always have this awkward reaction. Like, I don't know how to respond. And then I'm just like, oh, thanks. And I, like, feel like I get, like, really red. And I just, like, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. But I appreciate the feedback that the person gave. And afterwards, when I'm by myself, I'll think about it and be like, oh, that's a really nice thing for them to say. But it's, like, in the moment, it's, like, my body is, like, doesn't, like, it's, like, we cannot accept this information that's <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and then the other one that I was like I think this all the time is the statement I don't think well on my feet and I'm never happy with my responses so often I feel like I don't know the right way to respond even though I fully know the answer or like have a great thing to say I get so in my head about like how I'm going to say it and come across knowing what I'm talking about that I feel like I mess it up because I get so nervous and then afterwards I'm like I want to say like 67% of the time I'm never happy with my response and I'm always like afterwards "Ah, that's what I should have said or I don't know I hate that I do that so much so if I could change that one thing I feel like it would alleviate so much stress during conversations but those are two of the biggest things that really hit me and then after taking that test I was like yeah I really think I do experience imposter syndrome and like a good portion of my life yeah I think a lot of us maybe felt imposter syndrome at some point maybe not all the time but in some way shape or form um and just to give you kind of a lowdown on what we're talking about imposter syndrome can also be called um perceived fraudulence and it really involves feelings of self self-doubt specifically and a personal um, feeling of incompetence that persists despite your education experience and accomplishments so you know despite you know going to school to get your master's and you know doing well in school and then you know having you know three years of you know, employment experience and multiple people tell you like, oh, you're doing really well, you know, you're being appropriate, like, you know, tell you all these things, like you still feel like you have no idea what you're doing, you're just floating through air and you're not owning your shit, really. You're just not owning that you did this, like you put yourself through school you actually like have applied yourself into every position and employment opportunity and you continue 
to show up and to, you know, if you don't have the right answers, you look for them and um, giving yourself that credit, like it's time to give yourself that credit. Okay. (laughs) It is so time to give yourself that credit and uh, touching on self-doubt. One thing the book points out that I found so helpful is that self-doubt can also be healthy And so to tell the difference when it's healthy self-doubt or if you're experiencing imposter syndrome is to ask yourself if it's a truth or a lie. So is it a truth or a lie that I went to school and I've trained and and applied myself and have work experience in this job and therefore, you know, I should be here and I am good at my job. I am good at what I do. I am qualified. Or is it a lie and you didn't go to school, you don't have training, you know? So when you're doubting yourself, if you can take a second and ask yourself, is this a lie or is this the truth? And then you can be like, okay, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome. Let me maybe try to like do some things to get myself out of this headspace. Or if it is healthy self-doubt and maybe you do not have the proper information or training to be doing what you're doing, then it can help you from making, you know, big mistakes. So I really love that she pointed that out and had that like one little question. I feel like it's so easy to like pull yourself out of the moment, ask yourself, and then move forward. I like that too because, yeah, self-doubt can be healthy, especially like if you aren't trained in something, like it helps you stay in your lane, right? Like, okay, I am fully aware that I am not trained in – um insurance I will say that because that comes up a lot in my job I am not a pro with insurance I don't really know what things cover (laughs) I that's not my lane and so I'm really (laughs) anytime somebody asks me about insurance stuff oh like oh yeah a lot of self-doubt comes in because I'm like (laughs) ooh, I have no idea and you know what I can point you in the right direction um But if I didn't have that, like, awareness to be like, I need to say I don't know right now, um, and I just, you know, BS my way through it, I could make a lot of people's, like, lives not great because I'd give them wrong information. (laughs) And then they'd be like, no, she said it was covered by insurance, and uh, why am I getting this big bill? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No. (laughs) That is such a great example. Like, I don't know. I think this is kind of a cool little tag on to that but um imposter syndrome specifically it represents a conflict between your own self-perception and the way others perceive you and so I thought this was cool because a lot of times like um I will get like you were saying Megan you get praised for something and it feels super icky in the moment because maybe like you've been your self perception is not that way and so it's like hard to accept that compliment or um whatever somebody else is saying as truth because you're like wow I I, like I don't see myself that way and so it's like hard to sit with initially but I think you know eventually your brain can like wrap its head around you know what somebody else is saying but a lot of times you are just, like, in conflict with, like, your self-perception versus how others perceive you as well. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thought. I think that's so crazy, too, because I was just thinking the other day about, like, 
um, someone had said something like, you can only talk to someone, like, in reference to their own reality. Like, if you're trying to, like, help someone or, like, give someone advice, like, and in the sense of that, like, everybody is experiencing, like, their own reality and the way they perceive a situation could be completely different than, like, the way you perceive a situation. And so, like, adding that to, like, the way people perceive you and the way you perceive yourself and when that doesn't align and you're, like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at that, but thank you for saying that or something. Or even if you believe it, too, but, like, you're not comfortable, like, with the praise and it makes you feel uncomfortable and then you feel like now in this moment I'm not reacting the way I should be. I don't know, but just the concept that, like, we're all perceiving our own reality and even the way we view ourselves can be different than how others view us is... I was going to say it's so cool, but actually it's not cool because I feel like it's very frustrating. Like, I wish all of it just matched up and then we had all the answers and we were like, this is how everyone views me and this is how I view myself. And, like, no, we're not going to have any misconceived notions about anything over here. <laughs> I don't know. I love that, though. Like, just recognizing, too, that we all have different perceptions of things and, like, getting over yourself. Like, really, so... One of the things that I've tried to do, especially now that I, like, brought this to my awareness, because, like, I was beating myself up, especially I moved to a different unit in the hospital, and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, I don't know what I'm doing, like, should I even, like, be here, and just was having so much self-doubt, and, like, self-doubt in my ability to, like, learn a new skill, (laughs) I'm like, I've learned lots of new skills, okay? Like, I can do this. I've done this time and time again. I can learn a new freaking skill. Yeah, like, it's fine. It's, like, okay, too, to, like, not be good at something initially. And, like, to just work at it each day. Um, And so this, like, comment of um, sometimes imposter syndrome can be, like, living in a constant fear of discovery or, like, um, you strive for per- perfection in everything you do and it like you become obsessive about it. Um, you may feel guilty or worthless when you can't achieve something. Um, you, you feel burned out and overwhelmed by your continued efforts because you're trying to achieve this like unrealistic view of perception or perfection. Um, and that like is something that especially a lot of like high anxiety um, people, can deal with that I've seen and I was like oh wait that's me (laughs) it's like oh it's not just like people that I've seen like it's also something that I continually have to like battle and put myself back into check like Ariana no (laughs) yeah it was like a few weeks ago that I was getting ready to do a task that I've done hundreds of times I was getting ready to like write this post and I got, like, so anxious, and I had so much anxiety to where, like, I kind of felt sick in my stomach, and I was, like, what is that, like, I, I was, one of those times when I was actually focusing on my body, because I feel like it happens a lot, and I just don't pay attention, but I was, like, what is going on right now, why am I feeling this, what am I, what am I actually anxious about, and then it, like, clicked in my head, I was, like, I get this feeling every time before I start a task, and most of the things I do in, like, my job and everything, I've done tons of times before. So I know I have the skill to do it. I know I can do them. I know I do them well. And yet I get so much anxiety right before I'm about to start. And I have to, like, push through and be like, you can do this. You can get started. And then once I get started, it goes away. Like, it's just, like, getting over that hump. And I, I don't know why I never realized it before. And then, like, a week later, we were like, let's talk about imposter syndrome. And I was like, what's that? And then I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I just noticed I was feeling. 
Um, and sometimes I feel like also with this, it's like, just get out of your own way. And it's easier said than done. But sometimes we just get in our own way so often. And it's like, just step aside and let like yourself do do your own thing without like judging every second of it. Yeah. And I love that you said that because <laughs> that's exactly what I've been doing. So when we talk about, okay, what can you do if you have these feelings? That's kind of something that after I took this like little quiz on myself, I was like, you know what? I'm sick of feeling this way. Like not one person has ever like, you know, said anything negative about like what I'm doing. Um, everybody's given me really positive feedback. Um, like I always ask questions if I don't know something. And so I needed to just like get out of my own head and stop being like, oh, I suck at this. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, and it's like, no, I'm going to like acknowledge my feelings. Like, okay, I feel like, I don't know, I'm feeling this way. And then I'm like, do, is there any realness to it? Are other people's perceptions the same? And so I looked around and I was like, mm, no, actually, everybody's telling me the opposite. So why do I continue to allow myself to, like, beat myself up? Like, that's, that's why, Ariana, <laughs> come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, that's like, because I so do it, too. Yeah. It's like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I adding so much extra stress? do a simple task that I do all the time when I don't need to and no one is even thinking this yeah nobody else is thinking about you nobody else is like worried about it it's you like you are your own worst enemy sometimes and that's just crazy sometimes <laughs> um another thing that is really helpful with imposter syndrome surprise surprise is building the connections around you so that people feel comfortable you know giving you honest feedback and um, also being a support to you when you're beating yourself up and they can be like, yo, why are, why are you beating yourself up? You're cool. Like, Yeah, and maybe call you out on it and be like, why are you being so hard on yourself right now? You're really good at X, Y, and Z and you know that. So yeah, and stop. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a healthy environment, you, hopefully like coworkers and your connections around you will just regularly like give you positive feedback without any you know inclination but that doesn't always happen i love that tip build connections with those around you yeah exactly um something else you can do change your doubts <laughs> as simple as that just change your doubts you know <laughs> Yeah, just fix it. Get a, get rid of them. Change them. Just just change no, them. This is what you need to do. Tell yourself, I'm amazing, and everything I do is flawless, and you'll be. <laughs> well, we don't want to like go that far. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be like what? What's that girl? Uh, um, Anna Delvey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she like really had a hot head. She really believed she was all that, and she had nothing to back it up. Okay nothing fake it till you make it <laughs> but don't um and then lastly avoiding comparison I realized too like social media I've been on social media so much 
And it's so easy to be like, wow, all these young people, they're like out doing what they love and they're, you know, making a YouTube video and they're, I saw a lot of like house decor people and I'm like, oh, they're oh, getting yeah. to like DIY their house. That's so fun. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, Ariana, stop. Like you're comparing your life to somebody else who you don't even know their life. Like you don't even know their life and you're comparing I have taken a huge break from social media because, I don't know, I, I noticed that I was doing the same thing and I was comparing myself. And it would even be like as simple as like I was comparing like, say like my Friday night to somebody else's Friday night that they posted about on Instagram. And I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm not having as much fun or oh, you know, and like just feeling bad about myself just from opening an app and scrolling on it for like 60 seconds. So I've taken like a really big break. I want to say like the last like two months I have not, I've been trying not to check Instagram. Sometimes I'll click into it and I'm bored and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I was trying not to do <laughs> this and close it. But I'm like working on like a lot of changes right now and like a lot of lifestyle like goals. And so I cannot let myself like fall into like this pitfall of getting sad because of something I saw on social media and comparing it to my life and being like, my life isn't as picture perfect as this one moment that someone shared. <laughs> Even though you know their life is not as perfect <laughs> as that one moment either. But it's so easy to fall into that thing. You're like, oh, why wasn't I invited to this? Or, you know, just like all these little like insecurities that can pop up and then like comparing your entire life to something you see online and then you're like well now I'm sad and I was having such a good day and I was doing so well and getting so much accomplished now I just want to sit on the couch and watch something and veg out and not think about <laughs> everything yeah dude oh so my gosh. I love this tip so much avoid social media especially if I feel like if you're going through a period of growth or you're trying to change get rid of the things that don't serve you and in, in the sense of like the things that like might make you sad or like stall your progress or change your mood for the day well and I think too a lot of social media like has good intentions um but sometimes when you're like in that change zone where like you're really trying to pursue your authentic self you can get really clouded really easily um because a lot of other people are out there trying to live their authentic self and they're posting it and sometimes you're like wait they're already you know xyz far ahead of me like why am I not there am I not like living my best life I don't know that's just what I've noticed <laughs> um so I wanted to talk about a few things that I found that helped as well and one of the ones that I really loved was and this is from the book I mentioned earlier but it was focusing on your strengths so in the book she recommends taking it's called the VIA character test and it's not too long or anything. I think it took me like maybe five, ten minutes. But I found that my strengths were fairness, creativity, hope, love, and a love of learning. And the idea behind this is that like in situations when you're doubting yourself or you're feeling like you can't do something when you know you're qualified to do it, any of like those experiences, if you take a second and you're like being mindful of it, you can think, okay, what are my strengths? And by, like, answering that question and seeing how, like, using your strengths you would respond in that situation, it can help pull your mind out of that thought process and, like, set you on, like, a more positive path moving forward. And then another one that I really liked was improving your emotional intelligence. And Ariana talked about this a little bit earlier about labeling your emotions. I have found that helped so much. I want to say, like, a year ago when I first started going to therapy, my therapist was like, what are you feeling right now? And I was like, um, I don't know. I just couldn't put any words to what I was feeling. And then, like, I had to practice naming the emotions I was feeling. 
And it helps so much. And I remember seeing studies where just labeling your emotions can make you get over what you're feeling so much faster. Like once you put a name to it, it's so much easier for your mind to like think through it and get over it. So that's a really big tip that I really like. Another one is not equating your emotions as your identity. So for example, saying I am an anxious person versus I feel anxious before I give presentations. And then this one might sound a little funny, but it's talk or journal in the third person because it distances you from the emotion and takes away some of the power. And then the last tip I wanted to share was practicing self-regulation or self-control. And this is like another mindful thing. So a lot of these things you have to be aware that you're like experiencing imposter syndrome. But if you are, one thing that can really help is distracting yourself from what you're currently doing. Meditation is really great too. And this tip I found really interesting that body language works both ways. So when like someone says something to you and you smile as a response, if you like smile anyways your body still feels happy because what you just did so like body language is two ways not just one way and an example the book gave when experiencing imposter syndrome that really helps is power posing and I thought this was kind of funny I first saw power posing in the show Grey's Anatomy (laughs) there's like this neurosurgeon who like reads a study about it and so before every episode or before really big surgeries she will power pose for five minutes or something and so the book brought this up And it, like, gave some research about it and just, like, if you're going into a situation where you feel like you might have some self-doubt and, like, you're not in control of, like, some of your emotions or something and you just, like, know, like, in this situation, I'm going to probably experience some imposter syndrome feelings, then you can power pose before, like, you go into a meeting or something um, to kind of prepare yourself and, like, reframe your mindset before you go in. So I loved all of those tips and I found them, like, really applicable especially the power posing one I kind of want to like read into it more because I was like it's so interesting that just standing a certain way can have such an impact on your mind and the way you react that's crazy so well I totally believe it because I notice (coughs) when I am like down or sad like I kind of close in on myself and it's like oh I don't want to be seen um yeah and like for the longest time I was scared to cut my hair because it was like my blanket, you know, I could hide behind it, kind of like not really show myself. Um, and so I would definitely believe that power posing can have an impact on how you perceive yourself as well. I never thought about the hair thing, but I totally do that too. Like I love how I, I love my long hair for like so many reasons, but one of them is definitely because when I do feel like insecure insecure or like a bit down I do like the fact that I can hide a good majority of my face and it does feel like a layer of protection even though it's like just your hair yep that's so so weird (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's all the information that we have to share about imposter syndrome if you feel like you're experiencing any of these and you want to take the same test that we did it will be linked below I will also link the VAA character test if you're also interested in finding out what your top strengths are. And if you're curious about any of the information we shared, all of our resources will be listed as well. Stay real and be mindful. And be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. All right. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in in two weeks. Bye.